Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I am here, April Tribuke, as your host, and we are here tonight with Dr. Roberta Scheller, and we're really excited to have her here because she is incredibly rich in all of her information and wisdom. And so this is a real honor to be able to be on this side of the table. I've been in her seat with her on this side of the table. So it's really fun to kind of see how things come full circle. So without further ado, we're going to get this party started and see where we can go from there. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And I am broadcasting from Twin Falls, Idaho. And Dr. Roberta Scheller, where are you broadcasting from tonight? I'm in sunny San Diego, April. Excellent. I love San Diego. It is a beautiful place. I spent many years there and I just truly enjoy it. And I have to say, she takes great pictures, guys, of all the flowers and the sunsets. <laughs> so if you need some joy out there, just take a peek because they're beautiful and very uplifting. So tonight, let's talk about this term. You can see something scrolling underneath there. For those of you who are seeing live, I can see you there. Please drop down where it is that you are, are watching from and being connected to. We have two books tonight because Dr. Roberta Schaller, she is an, an amazing author, 16 books, get that, 16 books, and we're going to talk about two of them this evening. The first one is called Escaping the Hijackal Trap and Kaizen for Couples. So we're going to talk about both of those and how they relate, how they can impact you, and just everything in between because we have, we've brought a lot of experience, unfortunately, some experience to the table, but now with perspective change, with healthier boundaries, and with good healing, we are here now to share with all of you how things can positively go forward. So, Dr. Scheller, what would you like to talk to about tonight for a little bit of the background to share? Well, I think it's important to say that even though I have a doctorate in psychology, I have one in life too, because I had two hijackal parents and I'm an only child. So I was looking for solutions. I was looking for understanding. I was looking for all those things when I was quite young and there was nothing. So that's why I do the work that I do because when you're raised by a hijackal, and that's my term for people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenge them for power, status, and control. So if you have parents like that, you're likely to marry somebody like that. And I did. And I had children, and I divorced, and I co-parented. And not only do I have that doctor in psychology, but I have all of that life experience because there wasn't any help when I was going through that. That is incredible to keep searching and searching and figure out there's nothing here. How did you come to understand 
that this was not healthy. When did you realize this? I was seven years old, and I know that sounds weird, but I remember hearing my parents arguing, and I said to them, you don't make any sense. You're crazy. <laughs> and I then started not believing them. I started not, not taking in what they were saying, just learning to put up with them and go around them. Not that it didn't hurt me deeply and leave all kinds of scars and wounds I had to take care of when I got older, but at least I knew that I didn't believe what they said. That's right. That is really incredible to discover it so young because usually, especially in those young ages, we're trying to connect, bond, find where we belong, right? And yet something gave you a sense of understanding this, that said, what I'm hearing, it doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. These sides aren't matching up. And you probably had a sense of loss of, of love. There was something absolutely missing there. Now you said something interesting about, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, there, there, there was something missing because what looked like love was someone wanting me to make them look good. And so when I did things, I happened to be very musically talented. So when I did that, it looked like love, <laughs> but it wasn't. And also, you know, my father sexually abused me. So I knew that wasn't love either. Oh, that is so hard. It is such a tragic thing to hear those stories come through with that, their own satisfaction, their own things. And just to, you can hear what you say in your word, hijackle, where it's not just about control. It's also about pillaging and getting all that they want from just, everything. Just, yep. That's a sign for greedy and just wanting and consuming every last bit of your light of, of everything with not a care didn't mm -hmm. matter because it's to satisfy themselves. If, right. this, if you can relate to some of these things out there, this is why we're sharing. It's really important to understand that we have to identify this. And even at a young age, even with your musical talents and stuff, things still hurt, but you still understood something. Now, how did that help prepare you for future relationships or did it not help you prepare for future relationships? Well, it helped me prepare for bad future relationships. <laughs> the problem is that when you've been raised by hijackals, even if you know that with your head, you know that, and you can think that way, um, your whole being speaks louder from your background. So you find that you're attracted to and attractive to hijackals. And even though you, they don't feel right, but they're familiar. And so then you have to go through all of that. <laughs> right. I think that's really key is that it doesn't feel right, but it's familiar. And we do tend to see our perspective whatever the reality is that we can see then that is our truth and if that even if it is not healthy and like you said that 
portion of it really can impact us for those future relationships. So what happened in this future relationship that that was not so great? And, and how did you then, I'm assuming, left? Well, again, just like that seven-year-old, it didn't take me too long to figure out what was going on. So three and a half years, I this cannot go on. There was alcohol involved. There was um, being threatened with the knife, being having wine glasses broken at my feet. Um, oh, all kinds of unpleasant things. Fortunately, he never hit me, but he certainly made it known that he was stronger than I was and that he would threaten. And I wasn't about to be threatened or have my children threatened. And so it happened that I won a competition to be principal of a school 700 miles away. And he decided to come with me and go back to school. And he wasn't the brightest because if he was really a hijacker, he would never have put himself in that financial situation where I earned all the money and he went to school thinking that he was making me pay for it. <laughs> However, I left him there. Yep, left him right there. And I'm sure that response was a little surprising because maybe he got a little lazy in his control thinking, oh, this is a sweet old ride and I've got it. Exactly. But, but you were really smart to gain the upper hand financially. And that was my escape as well. After those nine and a half years, once I gained the upper hand financially, tucked it away, hid it away, I had to play the game for a little bit. And that length of time to play was really interesting because I was dealing with somebody who was very strong in the power situation, but also with the paranoia because of the mm -hmm. schizophrenia. So we're dealing with these toss and turns of things. And I would tell you the toughest part, and I think this is what helped me to really start writing really good fiction, was that I had to learn how to become part of the story. I had to show to him that I was part of his false reality, but for him it was absolute truth. Right. And I had to show I was part of the conspiracy. I was part of the plan. I was part of the spying and trying to figure out what was going to happen next. And any strange story that he would tell me, I would start to say, that's right. Oh, I didn't know. And just bought into it to help hide the fact that we were stacking money and planning an escape. So yeah. that was the most, that was the biggest challenge. But like you said, when you found that and you had the opportunity for the income to become free, then you could just drop and leave it there. And mm -hmm. that's incredible. And so I hope you're taking notes on that because when you have that freedom, you really then can't escape. Now the escaping physically is definitely part of it, but <laughs> like any, like anything that happens healing within our mind, within our emotion, within our spirit, within our heart, takes a little bit longer but the physical separation truly does help because you then can start to gain perspective but you still have to be strong enough and brave enough to face it to change things and to figure out what is the real 
reality. It's, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. So what do you recommend within your book, Escaping the Hijackal Trap? What is something, I love the cover of the book. It's like a huge bear trap coming at you. And so it's really interesting because if we saw that, we would absolutely rock the other way. Yet we step into it and it captures us just like that bear trap. So share with us a little bit about your book. Sure. Well, it's part of a few books that I've written about people with different different ways of being in the world that are unhealthy and disordered. Um, it's to help people realize that they what's going on for them is actually true. Right? That, that they don't start second guessing themselves all the time to give them that thread that says, okay, you're not crazy. It really is happening. Here are all the traits. Here are all the patterns. Here are the things that may be happening. And here's what your best strategies are when these things are happening. And that way it allows you to work through those things mentally and then emotionally because you see the way they're connected. And that's really important. It's a very easy book to read on purpose because when you're anxious, it's more difficult to take in information. So I wanted to make it as clear as possible because in those relationships, you're anxious and hypervigilant so much of the time. Right. So much energy is spent in the survival, in keeping things going. So if you can learn something very simply, blunt, direct, and start to apply it, then you definitely add more skills to yourself and your ability to leave increases with every day. So, And when we're with those people, as you so well know, and I so well know, um, you start to say, is it me? You know, uh, should I be doing something differently? Um, am I wrong? Is this crazy? And so it's really clear that we have to take the opportunity to step aside. And the book can help you do that, you know, to That's step right. aside from it and say, oh, no. Because one of the things, if you had hijackable parents and then you get with a hijackable partner, you believe the press, <laughs> you believe what they're telling you because you're the healthier one. So you think I should be self-reflective. I should say, how about me? You know, what am I doing wrong? And that's a good thing in normal circumstances. It's a good thing anyway, but it's not going to make the same difference when you're with a hijacker. Right, because that control, the consuming of everything that you are is taking away that opportunity because it is not healthy. It is, it is not right. So incredible, incredible work. And how do we actually escape that trap? Well, when you're in it, the way to escape it is, A, as we said, make sure that you're financially able to leave. And that's often a very big deal because hijackals like to um, run all the finances so they have ultimate control. 
And also you don't want to leave too quickly until you have established the fact of what the assets of the marriage actually are because hijackals like to hide money. But then when you want to escape emotionally, it's really difficult for most people. In fact, the research shows that the average is people leave seven times before they stay away. So when you're making that preparation, you're making sure that you have what it is you need for yourself and your children and emphasize the word need. And then make sure that you're adequately um, taken care of by an attorney. Um, it's really important that that happen. Right. And, and so that you're protecting yourself as you go. Right. I love one of the stories that you shared how within certain cupboards you have certain things already pre-packed. You were really making this plan and this idea and bringing that to reality when you finally decide today is the day and, and it's over. It, watching the implementation of everything come, come to pass sometimes is really smoothly and sometimes not so much. But, but if you have made a plan, it goes better than without a plan. And so that's what's really important. Yes, and, and I did that. You know, I had everything that I really wanted for myself and the children at the back of cupboards, and I'd taken them to friends in small amounts and all. But on the day that I actually left, I had I knew he was away for the day, and I had my friends and a truck, and so we started taking care of everything. But the um, in the middle, I panicked. And I said, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I can do it. And my friend said, oh, yes, we are. <laughs> and that was really good. Really good. I, I think that type of support is so important. And in fact, um, I developed a program called the Supporters Toolkit for that very reason, because so many of us have friends, connections, family members, coworkers who are stuck, trapped with the hijackal and we see it they've shared with us and we are there to support and allow them maybe to vent maybe we're the ones that like you said you had friends that allowed you to hide things there and keep things there and moving forward so with all of that the idea and the concept really you you have to have that plan you have to be able to step forward within it and a true supporter, just like your friend in the middle of panic was like, that was the push to help you get over the edge. I know that with my supporters, it was actually a co-teacher. She could see something was wrong. I didn't know who to trust, to trust. And I just thought, I can do it. I can do it. And she finally just got like really within my face and said, let us help you. And it was very surprising to see how many people wanted to do that and it was in, it was I don't know I, I would just say it was so amazing at the time because I had made a plan we were at a hotel things were going along until he came to the hotel mm -hmm. and when that happened all of my other plans just disappeared 
and suddenly I became hunted and that changed so many things. Mm -hmm. And that when the friend had approached me, I knew I could trust her. And I went back and I said, well, actually I do need a place to stay. And she said, I have a basement come over. And we were there for two weeks within that basement. And then we went to another and another and things fell into place at that point that was exactly needed. But I had to have a support system and to teach people what it means to be a support is really important. So I'm so glad that you had that for yourself and that in that moment of worry and panic, she was right there to give the support. Could you imagine if you didn't follow through with that, what your life would be like now? Yes, and it wasn't even a friend. It was a coworker. I think she was just tired of me complaining about him. <laughs> I hardly knew anybody in that new city. So it was a very, very lonely experience. But she did have that prodding me at that pivotal moment. And I'll be always grateful for that. But that wasn't the end of it, you know. When you when you've been raised by hijackals, you have so much work to do to not attract more of them because there is that familiarity and there is that kind of bonding that happens. There's, it's very, very subtle sometimes. And so that's why people will end up in relationships with more than one hijackal. They don't do their healing between relationships. And so it happens again in a little bit different form. Um, I had one client who's, and I have clients all over the world. One client had married five of them before she realized what was happening. Wow, that's incredible, five. I wonder what changed the table for her after the fifth one, where the realization was, where her strength came from to finally start that healing so that it wouldn't happen again that is you know it's tough it is it is such a strange thing so let's talk about your second book here kaizen for couples how is this different than the hijackal book that we just discussed well it's the other side you know yeah i wrote that book in 2014 and people said to me so many of my clients said have you written that down I would give them an idea or whatever, and they would say, have you written that down? Have you, have you a book on that? And I thought, I'm going to sit down and write all the things that I tell my clients who have relatively healthy relationships that they want to make better. I will put that all in one book. So that's how Kaizen for Couples was born. And share with us what the meaning of Kaizen. It's a term that was made by Edward Demings when he went to Japan in order to help with manufacturing. And Kaizen is a term that means small incremental positive improvements. So the subtitle of the book is Smart Steps to Save, Sustain, and Strengthen Your Relationship. Just little steps, right? Not change everything overnight, but small steps that you can put in place and then keep in place and then add something to it and continually build your skill set and the way that you communicate becomes deeper you become more emotionally intimate 
And that's what everybody wants. And along with that, using the skills, you become more emotionally mature and feel more confident and capable. So it's a handbook. When I'm working with couples who want their relationship to get better, I ask them to read the book together and talk about every word. Wow, incredible. So I love the full circle of this because it's not just on one side of how to leave and go away and escape, but really when you have found something that can be positive and you want to even make it better and better and improve, there is the other side of it. And that's very hopeful. The positivity of that, the light that comes from that is massive because if families and relationships can truly be healthy, so much of life can absolutely change. And I feel that it might be what's lacking in our society today is really investing in one another and wondering how can we improve and love others better with no manipulation involved and no control and extra power involved, but true, like, how are you? I wonder how I could serve you today. And in the small steps, that makes eating the elephant a whole lot easier, right? You know, I talk about three things, April, that I think are very important. And they're the foundation of any healthy adult relationship, any healthy adult relationship. And if they're not there or people are not willing to put them in place, the relationship is not going to succeed. And they are equality and equity, reciprocity, and mutuality. And if those things are not in place, we are constantly going to be at each other. We're going to be competing. We're going to be unhappy. We're going to be wrestling with our emotions. And then over that are the five things I talk about in Kaizen for couples. So we have a foundation of equality, equity, reciprocity, and mutuality. And then on top, we have honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. So when you have those eight things in place, you are going to get healthier and healthier. And then you can use the book. Those are what I call those five things, honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. Those five things are what I call the relational gifts. They're the gifts you give each other. That is a beautiful way to say it because we all love gifts and giving and receiving them feels that love, that peace, the respect, all of it put together so different than Mm -hmm. what the taking and the needing and the wanting and the using. So wonderful to have that foundation set with the five on top. So does the book teach you how to do each one of those in incremental steps or should you have those first? Well, the book doesn't teach you about it, but it tells you what those look like when they're in place. What the book teaches you are things like how to have conversations that go forward and actually achieve goals that are common or how to resolve an issue 
or what to do to solve a problem as opposed to doing it all in one step, how to do it incrementally so that you actually see the agreements and you build the trust and you build the um, ability to say, we can do this. We can do it together and we can be successful at it and it feels good. Wow, beautifully said. We want to have those things together. We want to be able to really bring that positivity, that light, that love, support, the five foundation, the five steps along with the three foundation to see how really life can change and get to that better improvement of what we all want and desire. I think that's incredible. So towards the end of this um, wonderful podcast tonight with Dr. Robert Roberta Shaler, I would love to ask her for like a two minute, what would you love to share to the world if you could give the world any part of advice? What would it be? Well, I'd like to give you some advice and an invitation. The advice is follow my formula, A-B-B. That stands for always believe behavior. We have a tendency to want to believe someone's words, believe their behavior, and if the words fit, great, it's a bonus. But if the words don't fit, believe the behavior. Wow, powerful, very powerful. The idea of that really is something really simple that we learn, right? The do as I say, not as I do, these things, if they're not matching together, then you better believe what you're seeing. Yes. Because that's the action that's actually happening. Well, and that's what goes wrong when we're with a hijackal is we keep, because they love bomb us in the beginning and tell us everything we ever wanted to know, and they tell us all the lovely things we'd like to hear, and they do nice things for us, and oh, it's wonderful, but it's short. It's short to, to as I say, in escaping the hijackal trap, it's, there's a whole chapter called the gotcha factor. <laughs> They want to get you so fast. You know, a, a hijackal will say on a first date, I know we don't know each other, but I know we're going to be together forever. That's a big red flag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they want to, they're in a hurry. Let's get married. Let's move in together. Let's have a baby. Let's get all this happening. And really what that's about is you're going to see my words that I got you with will not match my behavior shortly. Powerful. Very, very powerful. I hope you all take that into consideration and know because with that, you're able to see something give great advice. Moms out there, I hope you're sharing that with your teenage daughters because that's really important. If the behavior is not matching what their words are saying, believe the behavior. Yes. Right in on the inside of your forehead. A-B-B. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing incredible knowledge with us tonight. Everyone, put down if you're here live 
or for the replay. We would love to be able to share this out to more and more audiences. And thank you so much tonight for sharing your light with us, Roberta. Thank you, April. It was really a pleasure to talk with you again. It was. Well, we will see you all soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.